Oh, I'm far my throat. <laughs> Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are those couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex. Terry is also here this week. We're here to talk about The Ice Warriors, written by Brian Hales, directed by Derek Martinus, aired November 11th to December 16th, 1967. Before we get going, we must make a stop at everyone's favorite podcast segment, Cody's 60-second plot synopsis. On your markets, I go! All right, the shift doctor and friends get shifts on, and that's why the TARDIS lands sideways on this planet Earth that is being destroyed by glaciers and there's a sliding door and naturally they go in and the doctor's like yo what's up i'm a w2 employee now and the guy's like yep this thing keeps the world from falling apart and this fucking penley guy just left and there's problems and that dude named arden is digging through the ice just putting in sensors he's like i found this green guy i'm gonna bring him back and then it turns out he's a lizard man he hits us a whole lot he's like i'm gonna take your shit and they're like no you're not we're gonna melt your ship and your face with the sounds that we make out of your machinery and uh and uh jamie is paralyzed for like half an episode they slid her back pelly's like i fucking got this and he goes full that one star trek guy who like uh scotty goes full scotty on them and uh he blows their ship up and they don't die time yes perfect One try, first try. 35 seconds on episode one, (laughs) and then no seconds on any of the other episodes. (laughs) Perfect. Hey, Cody. Ah, what? (laughs) About 10 years ago, there was a poll done by Doctor Who Magazine. (laughs) 100. They asked their nerdy readership to vote on all the stories... And there are 152. Where do you think this one fell on those classic stories? 50? 150? You said 100, then you said 50. (laughs) I'll uh, leave that up to mystery. No, I think I'll go with 78. (laughs) Okay. I should say, before we move on... A couple weeks ago, I updated you on everybody's scores, and I said that Alex and Jill were, like, neck and neck, and that Terry was, like, just a little bit behind them. I neglected to realize that not all of you have been on every episode of this podcast. Ta-da! So when I when I took your totals and divided them by how many podcasts we had done, <laughs> it really worked in Jill's favor, who has missed three podcasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or two, I think. <laughs> so now I've adjusted the scores correctly. Alex has an average. This doesn't include the most recent two that we've done. Alex has an average of 37.48 spots away. You guys are so bad at this game. Terry's right behind him at 38.625. Those are rookie numbers. Pump those numbers up, Jake. Then Jill at 41.217. No, keep going. 
Cody at 43.96. <laughs> Come on, let's hit 50. Not quite. Oh, 46.16 repeating for Sam. Repeating, of course. R- rookie numbers. Three, almost, well, almost three points behind Cody, who routinely just picks one or 152. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Oof size large. Vote with my heart. shift on. Hey, Alex, what number are you picking? I like... Oh, wait. I did give Alex and Terry a little hint yesterday that I didn't give to you guys. Cody, you can change your guess. This one, compared to the 1998 poll, has the biggest change of any one that we've done so far. Hmm. Cody, you want to stick with 78? I think I'm going to pick 78 for the rest of the entire podcast just because that's a really good median and I'm going to have severely reduce the distance or the delta between the actual answer and the answer I choose. Alex? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 62. Yeah, 62. Terry. 54. Forty-eight. Damn it. Sam? Forty-eight. Oh, it had a big change. Which, which Don't direction go that did direction. it change? No. <laughs> it's going to be like dumpster number and 90. we're all going to be so wrong. Did you fucking hear the hissing? Sam, you're going to 90? Yeah. I will tell you, it fell. Oh. 59 spots from its spot Aww. on the 1998 poll to number 89. Oh. <gasps> Sam! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jets... Definitely gonna have to edit that out, or at least <laughs> pot it down a bit. That, uh, yeah, that, that burnt the microphone out hard. Let me check this gain real quick listeners if that did not just burn your ears off that's because i potted it down by 75 percent per screen there god it's more of a squeal than you're fucking googling this list aren't you remind you no i'm watching pod baby play with the decided to wait until the 29th time we did this (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm trying to pump these numbers up not down hey fair enough i'm still i'm still like Lower than my average, so I, I had a good round. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, same. But statistically, yeah, it's going to be that way from now until the future. Because <laughs> you're picking 78 every time? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex. So, uh, dude? Uh, just just uh, saying hi. Hey, Sam. <laughs> 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 You you won the game this week, so let's start with you. What'd you think of this one? I think I had a hard time because I wanted to compare it to the new episode, and I don't know if that's what happened with the numbers, if that episode came out before, but I was excited for the Ice Warriors because their episode was kind of neat, but this episode was less neat. The new episode's like a fucking remake of this one. <laughs> it's a very similar story. Yeah, but good. Hard disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I was uh, listening to another podcast and they pointed out that Mark Gatiss, who wrote that Ice Warrior story in the new series, also wrote 
a Dalek episode of the new series that's very similar to Power of the Daleks in that the Daleks are pretending to be their servants or whatever, and uh, this one's very similar to the story he wrote in that, you know, there's like a excavation team and they find something in the ice and they pull it up and it thaws out and it's a ice wear and, you know, hilarity ensues. Yeah, why, why, why change things that already work? Am I right, Disney? Fucker loves Troughton's uh, time, loves base under siege stories, and wrote a bunch of them. Hey, uh, who should be next? Hey, Jill. Yep. What'd you think of this one? I liked the monsters. I liked that the companions had a little bit of a more active role. I don't quite know that I follow the story. In fact, I know that I didn't follow much of the story. So I medium liked it. <laughs> it wasn't like a wildly complicated story. It just felt super jumpy. Like, there just wasn't a lot of, like, connecting. Um, yeah, we can talk more about it. Alex? Sad, it. What'd you think of this one? This one, I I don't know. I I think I like it. I was I was kind of down on it, but then like as I'm thinking back, it like those six episodes for me went pretty quick, and it was enjoyable. Like it was a nice watch. Nothing seemed too boring. Like there was always seemingly something going on. So yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, I was thinking as this one was coming up that like I was like oh man this one's boring as fuck but and actually you were correct I had a good time watching it all in one sitting so I might have been thinking Jake. of the next time they're they show up oh yikes spoiler guys Ice Warriors come back oh no Cody what you think eh I've changed my mindset you see it's not about the writing or the execution or the acting or the costumes or the set design. Now I'm just assuming they have a budget of 25 pounds. And what they do with the 25 pounds is fucking outstanding. <laughs> and based off of this new perspective... These episodes were extraordinary. We've gone over how much they have to spend on an episode, and in today's dollars, it's about 60 grand. For production. Uh, production design. The stare he is giving. <laughs> <laughs> That's not much money, Cody. <laughs> it was like, they had like 1500 or 2500 an episode. We did watch some of the special features, but we ran out of time. And it seems like they overspent on some of the Ice Warriors actors. So I'm here for it. Like, God bless them. We got our boy Kemet from Evil of the Daleks playing another mute character. But he loved it. Came back to be an Ice Warrior again later. Oh. Just loved the Doctor Who team. They loved him. Lots, lots of joking around. He shows up on the DVD documentary. And, uh actually like cries a little bit at the end of it reminiscing about what a wonderful time he had and so when they called him to do it again he was just yes right away 
That's, yeah, that's great. I imagine the actors, especially with such an intimate cast, like these, the credits for the show is like 45 seconds long. There's very few people that are on screen. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into it more, but some of these sets, especially like the ice stuff, was really good. No, it, what? You can hear the styrofoam crunching in one of them. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Terry? I really enjoyed the sets and the costumes. Uh, I had the same issue with as Jill um, of just trying to follow what the storyline was. There was a lot of stuff coming at you and just trying to pick apart what situation was happening where it was a little difficult for me. Um, I also watched it all in one sitting, but I was also slightly tired <laughs> um but no uh i gave it a high rating because i still thought it was pretty great all around anyway you're rating these what the 54 is, is there a blog somewhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no i i thought it was super great to watch the animated stuff was really good too yeah not too shabby for one of the 2013 releases uh, usually these older animations have been pretty shit. And uh, this one was good. Maybe because they only had to do two episodes and they had four episodes to go off of for how everything looks. So it was easier. I don't know. I thought the am animation was really good. Like it, I prefer the live action, especially with the Ice Warriors. But I, I thought... Because we the last animation one we watched was fairly new, right? Yeah, Evil of the Dolls. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one was not as good as this one animation wise. <laughs> well, they had to do a lot more. They didn't have very much time, but uh, I think as a viewing experience, it's easier. Like a when there's only a couple animated story or episodes. And B, I think when the first one's live action and then you transition to animated, I think it's just kind of easier to do like, you know, one live action, two animated, the rest live action versus like throwing one live action in the middle or starting with a bunch of animation. I think it's just easier like on your for your brain to just kind of mesh it all together. This one in particular, I really enjoyed the live action over the animation like in the previous set of episodes that we watched prior, Jake, you said something about like the sometimes the audio just doesn't really lend itself to a simplistic representation in animation. Yeah, because nobody and, really knows what's happening and there's dead silence while people are walking around looking at things thinking. Yeah, so like the Ice Warrior was initially introduced like in action in the animated episodes and that's when the hissing started and my brain couldn't comprehend what the fuck was going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was all the actor they saw the costume the original idea by the writer uh brian hales was that it would be kind of like space viking like kind of very nordic and then the costume designer was like no, 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 no. I would make it reptilian. With, <laughs> so their idea was like a reptile with a Viking helmet on. And then when, so then when the actor saw it, he was like, uh, 
oh, sweet, I'm just going to do S's like a snake. And everyone's like, you do you, buddy. We paid a lot of money for this guy. <laughs> Dude, that ASMR was incredible. Oh, yeah? You get a boner? Oh, yeah. He was just hissing and whispering into that mic. It sounded pretty good. Yeah, except for the computer voice. Oh, the computer oh, voice no, the was computer ter- voice was yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. When that first just dialogue awful. was going off, I honestly thought something was wrong with the DVD. And I was like, this is going to be <laughs> so painful to listen to. That's awesome. It's like somebody talking on the other side of a fan, but also modulated to holy hell. <laughs> well, and there's times it's not saying anything. It's just making noises. Yeah. And those are not... Um, decipherable <laughs> like they're you can't tell the difference between when it's just making noises and when it's actually trying to talk <laughs> so yeah this is one of the few i had the subtitles on for this one they also had sonic armbands yeah yeah because they had lego hands take the, aim. the sonic screwdriver has to be coming this is like the intro Set to wide. Oh man, we're so close. <laughs> they were like, this was a genius idea. Continuously we should have fire? it all the time. <laughs> but also, did they describe, like, if I shoot you with this, it will blow your brain out? No, wait. <laughs> no, it's with noise. Are you talking about the time where the doctor's like, you can't do that, my body will explode. No, 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 no. It was when, uh, when they, I think it was the first time when Victoria got caught in the mountains and that other like homeless man was there <laughs> and like they shot ah. him dead and like popped his brain right they do say something about like something your brain with noise because i thought they said poison yeah because jamie got the uh the neural central nervous yeah. system damage oh yes yeah. yes they definitely so, yeah. said something yep. about brains though <laughs> that tracks crazy gun other guy dies jamie lives because jamie's just tough Jamie's just got it. He, and he horny. Flexed, it's the kilt. So he flexed horny. his neurons. <laughs> he immediately counts or like <laughs> talks about the girls' outfits. And it's like, Victoria, do you want to wear something like that? Dude. <laughs> Jamie was trying to get it. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Is it so can we make a certification that Jamie be banging? Oh, was that not done before? Yeah, he's yeah, already. Well, yeah. we, it needs to be sealed into the annals of sure Married to Who history. Like, have we said it? it? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, all right. Still banging. <laughs> Get a shift on. Well, I think you can interpret that scene as he's just messing with her. Like, first of all, she was wearing like a pretty short dress just a few stories ago in uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, but she was also clearly like uncomfortable, and it seemed like maybe Jamie picked that out for her. But uh, it does seem like he's just like, hey, Victoria, what do you think of those clothes they're wearing? And she's just like, she's like, uh, you know, oh, I never. And, you know, they getting were all uh, the vapors. pants and long <laughs> sleeves, and they were basically turtlenecks. Yeah, but they were, they were... They were wearing short skirts with stockings. They weren't yeah. pants. Oh. I mean, everything's skirts. covered. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, by today's standards, they're fucking going to church. <laughs> True. But she's from Victorian London. Yeah. Like, she's <laughs> never not worn, like, up to her wrist sleeves and down to the floor dresses. She's from Victorian London, and they're asking her, what propulsion system do they have? 
<laughs> I love that scene. It's like, I have no fucking oh, idea. She did know the chemical makeup of something. I can't remember what it was now. But the doctor's like, oh, I've got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And she's like, oh, that's uh, whatever the hell it was that was going to like knock out the yeah. ice warriors. But her dad was a scientist, right? Like, that was that whole story? I mean, I guess... Yeah. A Victorian London scientist? <laughs> right. I mean, they had science. They, yeah, well, yeah, not but, much. Yeah, but they Victoria's chemicals. out there memorizing the periodic table? Hey. Uh, what else is she doing? Yeah, you're right. They probably wouldn't let a woman in <laughs> into the lab anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> Took her four hours a day to get dressed. Wow. It's a lot of clothes. A lot of buttons. In that scene, when they're discussing that formula as well... Just Victoria's fake crying was so oh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, just a whining it's... sound. Just, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, no. <laughs> That's, yeah, Sam discussed that last episode. <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring it up in podcasts, though. That was my own thing. <laughs> no, needs to be documented. Victoria gets a lot of shit for being the screamy, cryy uh, companion, but they do use it, and we'll see it again in a later story, uh, where the doctor's like, hey, do that thing you're good at. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I got you. No questions asked. And she is, like, kidnapped and, be, like, pretty tough with the Ice Warriors, like, kind of holding her own the whole time. She does get away, and like, on her own. She does the time-honored Doctor Who tradition when being chased by a bad guy of just pressing yourself up against a wall until they go away. Okay, Boom. yes. I actually know exactly oh, what scene no. you're talking about. And I was like, he... You could... He sees her. He's right there. The whole background is white. No, no, no. And she's in black. Nah. I said the same thing about the TARDIS. I was like, they walked outside yeah. and the TARDIS is five feet away and they're like, huh. All's normal here. You could walks right past it. <laughs> you could tell that uh, they like they can't see her because of the music sting. <laughs> hey, there's some dope music in this one. Yeah. Uh, couldn't hear any of it. Oh, you should turn the volume up on your television. It went like this. Yeah, that just that just yeah. increases the history. <laughs> you you didn't so you didn't hear the the opera lady at every moment. It's oh, like, no, just hit her with hit him with the opera lady, and then it was a transit like a scene transition. It was great. <laughs> we actually watched a lot of it with the kids, and it was really loud in our house. It was the new gunslingers. You remember that shit? I remember that oh. shit. Oh god. <laughs> Full disclosure on everyone kind of having to rush watching this. I had to order DVDs for everybody, and they didn't come on the day they were supposed to. So everyone has had these for about 36 hours, and they had to watch six episodes. And Jill I just finished some 12-hour shifts in there. Yeah. Jill just finished as we, like, we're hitting record. True. Also, appreciate you, Jake. Thank you for going out and spending the money and buying the DVDs for everybody. These ones were particularly expensive because they're out of uh, print. Oh, well, I'll sell them. No, no, no. I'll just have three copies of all these DVDs. <laughs> Jeez. You, you know how many Reign of Terrors I have? <laughs> give them away. <laughs> well, that reminds me. I gotta give my stack of Doctor Who DVDs back to you. Same. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of sound effects, because we've talked about those a lot, they really were like popping, and in a bad way. Maybe that's why I couldn't follow anything, because like bad sound effects, I like I cannot focus on anything else. Being an auditory person ish is hard. Um, but the monsters, I thought. Like, so I googled the, you know, new version of the monsters, and I thought these monsters are, like, way better. Like, I don't know what New Who did to change the Ice Warriors, but they should have just used the originals. Just pull the suits out of storage? Yeah. Like, especially their faces. Like, the New Who Ice Monsters basically just, like, have their open chin and face, and that's really weird. Like, I like what they did with these Ice Warriors, like... Mask. In in the very next time we see the Ice Warriors, which is still in the Second Doctor era, to kind of have a little spoiler, they do that with they do the open face thing. Well, I don't like it. So it's not a new who thing. <laughs> it's more of like a like a commander thing, like someone who's in charge has like the open face. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. I did like how when the Ice Warriors talked. Or maybe it was just one of the actors, but it was like he would move his head in such a way that he was spitting out the words at you. And that was unique. Were they trying to lip sync with someone off off screen saying the words? Nope. So what was going on there? Because the lips never (laughs) matched. It seemed like a prosthetic. Yeah, the lips were a, a mask. And so, like, they were talking, and the lips would just kind of move a little bit. And sometimes, depending on how much they emoted, the lips might open up all the way. Wow. I think it was a cool kind of alienish effect. It 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 made it unsettling, yeah. which I really liked. Yeah, yeah. They should do like kind of disembodied speaking more often. Knew who. <laughs> What'd y'all think of our human guest cast this story? Who? Arden. Well, we've got Arden. We've got... Is that his Arden. name? He did. we got Clint. We got Miss Garrett. We got uh, some other people. I I loved all the scientists' outfits. They were incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that little, like, plastic helmet thing they had to wear <laughs> when they were programming was incredible. Okay. They're like Google Glasses. Yeah. They're so ahead of their time. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I fucking hated that commander dude. Like, he was such a knob. Yeah, he was a knob. He was very by the book and would not, like, change his thought process for anything. The That's... ending, though. Yeah, we yeah. all know this fucking dude, though. <laughs> Everybody has this in their workplace. He's like, when he, he brings back the guy that deserted and he's like you I won't, hate you. you won't write a re- oh yeah that whole speech and you're a piece of shit and I have the <laughs> privilege of working with you and you won't write a report but I know how to do it I got you I love fam. bureaucracy we're bros <laughs> it's, yeah like, come together honestly if they're just doing whatever the computer says why is his position exist because the computer could just give the commands. He has a perfect track record. Every job he's been in charge of has succeeded. He's he's the uh, the good luck charm. Or like succeeded because that <laughs> dude sucks. Well, this is 
uh, a good time to talk about kind of that part of the story, this dependence and fear of computers in the mid sixties. I was, I kind of fell down an internet rabbit hole this week of reading all these articles from the late fifties and early sixties about the fear of automation and like causing jobs and like computers ruining companies and like destroying the economy. Oh, you mean like the AI shit that we're dealing with yeah. now? But uh, but all about just like what happens to a giant corporation when all of their data can be like housed in one spot and like and like calculations can be automated. And it was a huge deal. Like there is the the first three, even kind of into the fourth doctor, you guys will see really have a hatred for computers. And it was like a real thing that people thought computers were going to be like the end of industry and that it was going to cause all this like joblessness. And so people, there was really a distrust of computers and the doctor, when he's doing his calculations, they're like, Oh, we're just going to run it by the computer. He's like, how dare you? <laughs> it's like everyone here would be like, Oh yeah, just go ahead and double check my work. No big deal. <laughs> like, see you, see you later. Well, and then he was Me off work, by like putting a couple minutes. One plus one into the computer. <laughs> yeah. To this day. No, one second. He was off, or he by, was one off second. by a second. Yeah. 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 He's like give or take a second, and literally one second off. Yeah, it's still crazy. There's still that kind of mentality, even just in like all industry, like the like the music industry. People are always like, "Oh, they don't play instruments anymore." Blah blah blah. Like it's. It's everywhere. People still yeah, hate computers. How dare they not play the theremin anymore? <laughs> real instruments for real musicians. Well, they uh, we we already had a little bit of this in the War Machines, where there was this fear of computers connecting to each other and sharing yeah. information. And uh, good thing that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> And now the biggest fear with AI is that uh, it's going to make all of Hollywood's writers obsolete. That one might be better stuff. That one might be actual real though. Well, that's so it's not really. So the most writers that I've uh, heard talk about it has said it's not a real threat because AI is just never going to be able to write a proper story. Like you can, if you're right. writing Law and Order and you have 700 episodes of it, you can <laughs> feed every script in the computer. And then tell it, like, okay, we want this, and we want this kind of bad guy, and this kind of uh, thing to happen. Make a script. It'll make a script. The problem is what the studios want to do eventually and refuse to negotiate on is doing that and then hiring a writer to do, like, a a pass on it. Because then at that when they do that, they don't have to pay you a full fee if you're just taking a pass and doing, like, some touching up on a script so they can have an ai write a shitty script hire somebody to just doctor it up a little bit pay them half as much and then they don't ever have to give them residuals because they didn't write it so part mm. of the writing strike is that they're fighting for that not to be a thing and that's like the one thing since the jump that the studios refuse to negotiate on at all and then with the actors who are also on strike one thing that the studios have proposed to be able to do is to take background actors, extras, scan their images, and use them in perpetuity. <laughs> so 
Okay, that's a little sketchy. Yeah, so yeah. If you're if you get paid, you know, fifty bucks to hang out all day in the background of a set, and then all of a sudden you're watching some other show, and there you are sitting in a restaurant. Yeah, that'd be weird. Why wouldn't they pay you in perpetuity? Like, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like, if a writer writes a script, they get the royalties in perpetuity. So why wouldn't the actor well, get their likeness? Well, they don't get the royalties in perpetuity. That's part of what the writer strike is about. Well, I thought you said. That's how it was if if AI didn't do it. Well, that's um, – so you're, you're saying royalties. I'm just talking about, like, the initial fees for writing something. But royalties, like, in regular television, like, you write a script for a show that you're hired on. Like, let's say you, you were hired on Friends. They do 24 episodes a year. You are in a writer's room. You come up with all the ideas as a group. But then you're sent off to write three of the scripts for the twenty four. You come back with your three, everyone punches them up together, but those are your three. Every When that show airs, you get paid. And then if they sell it to TBS to go on syndication and TBS shows it six times a year, every time they show it, you get paid. But so the problem with streaming services, Universal sells friends to Netflix. Net, someone on Netflix, or it could be watched on Netflix a billion times and Netflix doesn't share their data so nobody knows how many times anything was watched. And that writer never gets paid any of those royalties for how many times it gets viewed. So that that's another thing they're trying to fight. But uh, streaming services don't want to share their numbers at all. Turns out Netflix is failing, has been for five <laughs> years. Netflix is the only one that makes money. They have so many new shows and they're all so good if they have to be just well it's gonna be a while before they have any non uh reality slash korean shows coming out <laughs> <laughs> anyway they're also double the price of every streaming service man but they got the content they do you can always drop down to the ad tier it's fucking 4.99 no <laughs> thank you nah I'll just bitch about it. <laughs> if if you want to hear does. something that I find interesting. So Netflix had their um, earnings report and it was way bigger than they thought it was going to be or bigger. And so when they came up with these new tiers, it was speculated that a lot of people who were paying a higher tier would drop down and that they would lose money. But what they found is people paying at the highest tiers stayed there. A few people that were paying, like, the middle tiers dropped down to the bottom. And then they got a lot new people coming in. And then the amount of money they get from the advertising revenue is so much more than they lost from the people dropping from middle tiers to the bottom tier. That they're just, like, their earnings are fucking skyrocketing. Then explain why they increased the charge by $3. you'll fucking pay it. God damn it they also, right they also added that uh like household thing which maybe caused a lot more accounts being created that's true also well, also you only have to it's just like a geolocator like youtube tv's done it forever so like i share a youtube tv account with my brother who lives in seattle and once every 90 days he has to log in as me in seattle and then every time i log in it's like oh hey are you on vacation i was like yep they're like cool you got 90 days and that's that's all they can do as far as like cracking down on password sharing. So if you know me and you, Alex, who live in the same town, share a Hulu password, like it's never going to like we can do that because we're in the same place. Oh, it well, I had to register both TVs to like our location, 
It was weird. Yeah, that's weird. We didn't have to do that. Maybe your house is just too big. <laughs> hey, so uh, Ice Warriors, say stuff. Um, the, there's a what episode? I think it was like episode five where uh, the commander is yelling at the other Ice Warriors while they're talking in their ship. And then while he's thinking, he just like rests his face mask against his breastplate. <laughs> Oh, he turtles his chin down. Yeah, he straight turtles, dude. And I was like, I guarantee you at any given moment while they're doing these shoots. That's that there's just a bunch of ice warriors sitting along the side of the set with their fucking heads just turtled (laughs) in. Because that's got to be so comfortable. Did anyone notice a change in the ice warriors heads between when they're outside and when they're inside? (laughs) The tinted shades? No, the whole helmet's change. I only noticed oh. at the, uh, like, in the last episode or two, when, like, they had grunts. Like, there was the main guy talking, and then the grunts had, like, bigger helmets on. Right, and that's not quite what I'm talking about, but the, so all the scenes where they were outside on the glacier, or, Sam, how's it pronounced? Glace- glacier. Yeah. Glacier. You know, British people, we know most of the time you're just fucking with us with the way you say words. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no way. Like you can go ahead and say, you know, aluminium. Like we know it's spelled differently. Um, but but some things like, come on, you're you're just fucking with us. No one says glacier. That it's so long. The <laughs> on one of the DVDs, John Oliver was on there, and he's like, "You Americans just watching our stuff because you like the way we pronounce things." <laughs> yeah, he does the intro for and all I the, laugh pretty hard at that. the DVDs. Um. So yeah, so all the outside stuff on the Glacier, they shot at Ealing Studios, which is a slightly bigger studio because they needed more space to do that. They shot all that stuff first and they shot it on film. Then they went to their smaller, shitty studio and place I can't remember the name of. And during that break in between, they the producers were like, hey, these helmets suck. It's really fucking with the actors and they're super uncomfortable. Can we do a little redesign? And so they just changed it, and they didn't give a shit about continuity. There's like, they have different helmets sometimes. That's great. So it wasn't even part of the story. Wow. No, just like, hey, <laughs> this really sucks for these guys that we hired. Like, they're already like 6'5", and <laughs> just uncomfortable anyway, because <laughs> they're too big. But Jake, how did they breathe? Through the mouth. <laughs> um, I put a picture in our Discord of... Wendy Gifford, who played Miss Garrett, who I think is really good in this. She's she's kind of like the, like, she's on the computer side. <laughs> she's really like, we got to do what the computer says. But then she does kind of go out on her own and try to get Arden to come back. She's got a little bit of, she's kind of fighting with herself. And I, I think she's really good. But anyway, she's played by Wendy Gifford, who's like 91 years old, still alive, doing awesome. And yesterday, or while I was watching this, I hopped on the internet, and I this picture I posted Discord, I bought a signature of her <laughs> signing that photo. God damn it, Jake. Only one? It was only 17 pounds. <laughs> How drunk were you? Like a three. <laughs> no, that's when he orders his second of the yeah, same of photo. of the same thing, yeah. Hey, I can't remember how many times David Tennant shows up at GalaxyCon. <laughs> 
because I went to a GalaxyCon and I bought some stuff from them, they send me emails constantly like, hey, guess who's available for signing stuff? I'm like, oh, cool. And then, you know, nine months later, they're doing it again. <laughs> so fun. It's still funny. <laughs> I only have like three David Tennants and two Billy Pipers. <laughs> so why the hands of the Ice Warriors is a choice here. Yeah. And I think it's the wrong one. Long long joked about among the fandom. It's just like Lego hands. Lego existed in the 60s, right? Do they have the oh, first known fist bump? Did they do a fist bump? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How what... hilarious would it be if they did the fabled fist bump? Handshake. That's what Alex was hoping for. I I feel like so in the scene when they offed that dude that wanted to help them, that homeless dude. Mm -hmm. uh, like they shot him, and then they both turned towards each other, and I was like, dude, they're gonna do like a fist bump, and they didn't. I, I was. They did fist bump <laughs> at one point because didn't they say like they called it like a handshake or something, but they don't have hands. I don't know. That dude was really tossed to the ether. He's just here. He was whiny at Penley, and then he died, and then everybody forgot he existed. The end. The end. True character arc, Batman. <laughs> that bearded loyalist. His name was Stor. Was it? Yeah, S-T-O-R-R. -R. I, I kind of liked his uh, story because he was mad at the scientists because he was grouping all scientists together in the choice of destroying all plant life on the planet, which made them get into their current predicament. Uh, but that dude had a hard life. Like, apparently he grew up on the glacier and, like, like just thrived. I don't know. It, yeah, it sucks that he went out the way he did. Uh, Lego first began sales in the UK in 1960. I don't know how long it took to get popular, but they were invented in 1958. Did they have Lego people, though? Because, like, the Legos, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, they, they had plastic. I read something the other day that there's, like, four billion Lego men made, which makes them the most populated. If they were, pe if they were, <laughs> what is it? The if second they were most like populated race on the planet is Lego people. <laughs> Um, 1978 is when the Lego people were introduced, Alex. Oh my god, so they ripped them Another off! Another example of Doctor Who being ripped off in popular culture. Holy <laughs> shit, truly a maneuver of Doctor Who representation and culture. Sam, do you want to use this time toys. to talk about community and their relationship with Doctor Who, which you were watching when you should have been watching this? <laughs> <laughs> I just True. watched the one where they went to the convention and it was, they've had like little bits and pieces of it throughout the show, but the convention was just straight up a Doctor Who episode. What do they call it? Professor Space Time? It was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Space Time. Is it Professor Space Time? Yeah, it's not Doctor. I can't remember. I, I watched Community as it aired and have not revisited. They even have like a, it's not a police box, it's a telephone box. Yeah, it's just a red box. phone box. And that was, um, what what did we say it was before? Oh, yeah, so you said it had Matt Lucas in it. Yeah. Nardal was in it, yeah. But years before he was in Doctor Who. 
And I I didn't know that. I thought that this was, like, around the same time. So, you guys have kind of, or a few of you have said that you had trouble following the story. I want to go over the story a little bit. Because there were some parts I didn't catch while watching it, but learned while watching the making of documentary. So, the story takes place in London. They are in the city. But, and this dome that they are in encompasses the whole city. And it's because there's this encroaching ice age. And they are using this ionizer to melt ice that is creeping up on the city and is going to destroy it. The relevance of today. There's the scene where the, the door opens to the dome and the doctor and team creep in there. And they have, there's supposed to be a window so you can see London behind it. But they, it wasn't even a projection. It was just a photo that they just put up on the wall. <laughs> and when Patrick Troughton goes in there, he starts rubbing his hand on it. It's supposed to be a window showing the city. And he starts rubbing this picture, <laughs> making it very obvious that it's a picture. <laughs> and then it's only kind of brief, but the building that they're in is a mansion. And so when they walk in, Victoria's like, oh, this reminds me of my house. And <laughs> oh yeah, one of the production designers was on the DVD and he said, oh, during the war, they used to have these mansions that all these code breakers would work out of. So like they're, the whole house would just be like this mansion that everyone was staying in. And then there would be like a sitting room where they had all this like high tech code breaking equipment. And that would be where everybody worked. So he used that as like an idea like, oh, they're in a mansion, but in like some big room is where they have all this equipment set up to run the ionizer. And so they're just trying to shoot glaciers with <laughs> this gun to make them melt before they destroy the city. But they have to wait because inside this glacier is a ice warrior ship. And depending on what kind of engine they have, may or may not destroy the city. <laughs> and that's basically the story. The ice warriors are trying to get out. The humans are trying to just save themselves. They don't really have beef with each other, but the Ice Warriors think that this ionizer is a weapon against them. Not too bad. I think it's a good, as a concept, I think that's like really good. Yeah, that is really good. Um, So the, I didn't realize it was the whole city. So when they were, when they, when everyone showed up, they were in like a evacuation phase three or whatever. So that was evacuation of London or just this base? I don't know, because they're saying like whatever um Arden and his little and store are, they call them like uh like uh mongrels. <laughs> I don't know what they call them. <laughs> Just uh like all the people that are outside, they're being shipped off to Africa. Presumably because it's a desert. It's warm there. But, uh, so I, I don't know if that's just because they're, like, outsiders that are outside of the dome and they're being shipped off. Or if it's just, like, everybody who's not part of this effort to save the city. Or if they're, they're just evacuating people because they don't know if they're going to win. I thought it was, uh, activation of Europe. Evacuation? Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Pro- probably. I mean, it makes sense that we do get uh, some more evidence of Victoria's 1860s of politics when uh, they're shipping like, oh, you'll just be shipped off to Africa. And she's like, oh, not Africa. <laughs> yes, we both picked up on that as well. I guess I was thinking Africa because weren't they saying wasn't there like that was a punishment like we're going to send you to Siberia, but like Africa when the doctor and team first showed up? I don't know if it's meant to be a punishment. It was just like, you guys need to fucking get out of here. You're not you're not uh, like authorized. I I guess I took that as a you're trespassing. We're arresting you to Africa. I think it might have been like work camps in Africa. Ah, okay. Like labor camps? Or detainment camps. Mm. So not like summer camp. (laughs) I mean, I've never been to one. Just watch Wet Hot American Summer. It's great. You guys want to do some tweets? Yes. Un momento. Just me, then. Tweets. Hit me with your fat tweet, daddy. Is Can I ask something? We are not open for questions. <laughs> Ooh, rip. Okay. The, the absolute pause <laughs> and question was incredible. <laughs> what you got, Terry? Is this the first time? Uh, or I might have just been thinking. Sorry, let me start over. I would like to reiterate that recording the podcast is not the time to explain the story to you. <laughs> um, at the end, is this the first time that Doctor and team have just, like, fucked off and, like, not even said goodbye to anyone? No. It's no, like we just they hear literally the TARDIS do it all of the time. All the time. <laughs> like, every episode. It just really stuck out this time. Like, we're leaving it on Clint's they've been, speech like oh my they've god been specifically no. <laughs> emphasizing it during the second doctor's time like, like I think, susan i don't even think they said goodbye they just <laughs> left there was such a long goodbye to susan <laughs> <laughs> but uh in um, it, yeah in the okay. macro terror there's a real big like uh just kind of irish goodbye is this, is this okay. the opposite of a midwestern goodbye <laughs> <laughs> Half the episode is just them saying goodbye to each no, other. No, it's whelp, well, slapping your knees, <laughs> starting to stand up. <laughs> then you talk for another 20 minutes. I'm a big fan of looking at one person and saying, ah, just say goodbye to everybody for me. <laughs> it really works. Yeah, you're not much of a Midwestern goodbyer. It's always, where'd Jake go? He left. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, the Jake, the Jake leave. It is time for tweets. James Courtney at Mr. J. Courtney says, Dull moves at a pace, at the pace of a glacier. Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm on par with the tweets this week, baby. Like their glacier? Because weren't their glaciers moving fast? Shut up, Sam. (laughs) Next tweet. Neither time nor the space at time nor space pod, and this is obviously Matt has a question for y'all. <laughs> With, is in it response, about food? Yes. In 
In response to my question of what you think of this story, he says, I've not seen it, <laughs> so my question is to you guys. What's the best fast food outlet? I'm moving abroad. I did not oh, know that. my god. You didn't? I knew that. I haven't listened to their podcast in a while because I don't give a shit about Torchwood. <laughs> There's a okay, reason we didn't they, do Torchwood. They tweet about it, though. That's why I actually know oh, about I, it. I haven't been on Twitter like in a long time, except for like this one tweet except I sent out every other week. Like, I don't go on Twitter anymore. I do this once every other week, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it says, I'm moving abroad, and I'm, and am excited by the idea of living close to a Popeye's. We don't really uh, have them here. Oh, shit. We only recently got Taco Bell. I did respond to him and say, the town I work in two days a week has a Popeye's, and it is a struggle to not go there every time. I don't <laughs> like Popeye's. Uh, Cody and I literally had this conversation on Tuesday. Bro, Culver's. Number Culver's one. is only in the Midwest, but Number yeah. One. I legit have never been to Culver's. Oh we, my have, gosh. we have one in our town. It's the best. Have you have you A&W'd though? Okay. A&W's all close, I think. they. I don't think they did very well. No, there's one at the Union. Oh. No, oh, there's not. Oh, I know... <laughs> the union was rebuilt. It's Chick-fil-A. I went to college 20 years ago, <laughs> and there was an A&W <laughs> yeah. when I was there. I know Cody's favorite. Pan Express. Starts with Panda, ends with Express. There's one in the yeah, union. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we we're, used to go We're there. well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Are we counting that as fast food? Yes. Yes. I don't, that is don't not a, sit down food. you don't have a drive through you can't be fast food. They have a they drive They have a drive through Oh, well, I, I can only apologize. The union. <laughs> 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 I've also never been uh, to a Panda can, Express. <laughs> Jake, you can order it on Grubhub and pick it up like on your way through. It's it's fast food. Um, I mean, you can do that anywhere. You can order okay. anything. Then you can order fucking any restaurant and just walk by and pick it up. Diner. If you have to have a drive through, then then my favorite doesn't count. But Firehouse is my favorite fast oh, food. Oh man, been to Firehouse one time when they first showed up in town, and it was so bad. <laughs> no, Turkey Bacon Ranch. All the way. It's the only one I get there. I promised Cody I would try it again because you guys talk it up. But the building they were in, the roof collapsed and was yeah. the building was condemned. <laughs> and all the businesses had to leave, so they haven't opened up again. There is one in Fargo. In West Fargo. Yeah, but like when I'm in Fargo I, it's working, really there's so many you. things. Yeah, well, that's everything's far away from me. But like, you think I... You think I'm not going to drive 40 minutes to go to find lunch? Like, I'm bored out of my mind. Turkey Bacon Ranch is the one you have to get. And also, they're really close to nothing but cakes, so you could get... God <laughs> damn it. No. Down there, there's like this awesome banh mi plate. There's like so many better things. I'm not oh, going to go to Jake, fucking... Jake, 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 Jake. Sam. Jake. Have you eaten that sushi burrito, though? No. Okay. Oh. That place is legit really good. Alex, I tried going to just... Pounds the other day, but they... Oh, uh, they're moving. You can't order online. I think they're just closed. No, they're open again. They were. They moved into a new location Pounds? in Fargo. Yeah. No, they're open. Bloody Wasn't you trying to tell me to go there? My boss just had mac and cheese no, there. No, I was telling you to go to Bluebird, Jake. Bluebird or Brewbird? Brewbird. Oh, Brewbird, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. sorry. You're going to have to cut all of this out, Jake, because this yeah. only relates question. to this area. <laughs> Nope, they can uh, listen to all of to it. Just move to Fargo, and then you can hang out with <laughs> the Married to Who pod. Does, a, does Caribou count as fast food? Cause yeah, hey, where's Matt moving to? It, okay, he, they've given some hints. You would actually like this. They've given, like, 
directional hints and like population <laughs> hints and stuff. It's like where in the world is Matt San Diego? It's like Carmen San Diego. So where is yeah, he, Sam? We get it, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> what are the clues? I'm I'm a fan of Taco Bell, but the Taco Bell in our town blows. Like they they have terrible management; they can't keep employees, and it takes like forty minutes to get food. Are we saying Taco Bell or Taco Johns? No one has said Taco Johns. No, no one has even said okay. the word Johns. Which is the correct answer oh. here? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Taco guy. Taco Johns is probably the best one we have in town. It's like root beer. There's different uses for Taco Bell and Taco yeah. Johns. I like them Taco both. Taco Bell when you need to poop. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Taco Johns you when you need like, good oh, food. I'm, I'm all out of laxatives. Better go to Taco Bell. <laughs> if you ever want to sit but, in a drive-thru for 48 minutes. Ooh. But that's just here. Uh -oh. Like You can go to any of the ones in Fargo and it's two minutes. I doubt it. Yeah. I do it. Red Pepper if you want a real taco. Well, but that's not a place he's ever going to be able to go to. Yeah, Red, Red Pepper's, Pepper's great. local, and I don't think they have a drive-thru either. They do. The 42nd does. What? Oh, what, yeah. what about yeah. Grey Meat? You do Arby's. No. no Arby's. You just oh, go walk into the ocean, Terry. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you can't turn fast food and roast beef in the same building. If I have to pick, like, a major chain, I think I'm picking Jimmy John's. Same. No. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you guys like Firehouse, which is trash, so you don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> but if I just want a sandwich, I am going to Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's For is sure. good. Jimmy John's is Jimmy great. Jimmy John's is good in no. the same way that vanilla ice cream is good. Jimmy John's is good yeah. in the same way that doing the same fucking shit every single day is good. <laughs> I would give Herberts and Gerberts the the better hand over Jimmy John's, but they close, so they can fuck off. <laughs> Jimmy John's is good. Their bread's a little firm sometimes, and they put sprouts on sandwiches. And they sprouts take don't half fucking the bread out. Go on sandwiches. Okay. Yeah, it's called the guts, <laughs> and I will eat just the guts. Sam's a bready. I am. Sam loves getting in them guts. Mm, guts. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great pod, everybody. Bye, have a great. <laughs> the real answer, the best fast food for like traditional fast food is Wendy's. There is no, okay. It depends on what you want for fast food. Junior bacon cheeseburger, order fries, you're solid. I... They're all the same. They're all good enough to eat, I think. Yeah. Uh, I purposely don't go to fast food burger places. Like, yeah, it just doesn't rustle my jimmies. So I don't know. Yeah, none of it's gonna. None of it's fan. the burger you want. None of it is the burrito no. you want. It's just. But if you're in a different country and you need, you want to try Although, it all. Yeah, probably in town Culver's. I would. Culver's just yeah. fucking great. I used to smash Burger King all the time, like in high school. Yeah. And, okay, and back when they had like, the Cine their, Minis. Their chicken burgers? <laughs> their chicken burgers are good. Classic chicken is good. good. Yeah. Okay, and when they had Cine Minis, which they don't have. My my best friend growing up lived across the street from a Burger King, so we would go there and crush some chicken sandwiches when we were in middle school. That's... Yeah, dude. I ate a chicken sandwich in Ireland from Burger <laughs> King. <laughs> what? They're just good. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, final answers. Jill, best fast food. I'm saying most consistent is McDonald's. 
like, you know what you're getting. It's the same every time. Like, whether I go to McDonald's here or forever away, it is what it is. And sometimes you just want that kind of food. So I'm mm-hmm. saying McDonald's. And if you have the app, it's super affordable. Oh, yeah. Like, super cheap. I, I have to say no. Like, I will do the occasional uh, Egg McMuffin. And McDonald's has eggnog shakes in the fall. And <laughs> in the spring, they have uh, shamrock shakes. So I hated on McDonald's for a long time. But... Again, consistency is key in fast food. <laughs> like, I want to know what I'm getting, and I want it to be the same no matter where I go. I think go. their hamburgers, like, have, like, a super salty taste that I just don't like. But, uh, yeah, I will do an Egg McMuffin here and there. And they're they're not, like, wildly big in calories. Like, they're they're not too bad. And I, I will get a McDonald's coffee, like, once a week. Coffee's good. Um, Alex, final answer. Jimmy John's. Uh, number 10, The Hunter, oh. with extra pep. Number 10, The Hunter, was my thing. Now I'm more on the turkey with the avocado spread, oh, which I think is a number avocado? nine. Beach club. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sam? Mine's number 11. Um, does it have to have a drive through Is that a deciding factor? Uh, it depends on what you're going to say. <laughs> Firehouse. Firehouse is fast food. You order yeah. at the counter, they and make it. And it, it has to, to be you. a turkey bacon ranch. If Jimmy John's can be selected with white bread, Firehouse is the same. Yeah. Except Jimmy John's is wicked fast. It's like in their whole fucking no, thing. No, it's freaky fast. Uh, Jake. Yeah, but I'm from Boston. I say wicked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the time it takes to make a good sandwich is a little bit longer than freaky fast. So true. Well, it if that's the thing, uh, Jersey Mike's is better than Jimmy John's. No, right? Jim, yeah. like, Jersey Mike's. I is would trash. say that, but it doesn't have a doesn't have a drive through. Uh, yeah, because they suck. It's not trash. <laughs> and you just hate vinegar, so that's a that's a hundred percent true. What's I I will order Jersey Mike's here or there when uh, DoorDash tells me there's a special going on, and uh, I just do it without the oil and vinegar, and it's fine. But it's whatever. Yeah, anyway. fine's right. Um, Cody. Culver's, thanks. No one knows what that is. Uh, Terry? I'm going to go with McDonald's as well. Gross. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> their breakfast menu is not great. Not gross because you said McDonald's, but gross that you didn't come up with a new one. I, and I, you eat more fast food than any of us. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Well, y'all shot down Arby's, so... Yeah. <laughs> Do you really Arby's like Arby's? the wrong answer. No. <laughs> okay, because I was like, you're the first. It's like across All the right, street I'll from say... Target, though. <laughs> yeah. Qdoba. Okay, that's, Ooh, that's I okay. Just yeah, Qdoba. Not I mean, fast I, food. I... Just because you go in and order a counter does not make it fast food. They have a drive-thru, don't no, they? No, they don't. No. I, I, ordered, they don't? No. I ordered from there on DoorDash this week, because I really wanted tacos. And I waited the respectable 20 minutes went there and it was not ready and the guy was like oh hey we're still making it just go ahead and have a seat i had a seat they finished it and put the bag up on the thing and never told me <laughs> like you <laughs> Wait, know it was me man what's the qdoba uh equivalent the other one chipotle chipotle is better better than I've, qdoba i've never been to chipotle nope. but i want it's to. better yeah it's better than qdoba it's not <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, you know Terry's taste. He's wrong, so yeah, it's fine. It's it's bad. 
um, yeah. I, I will say Arcudoba has gone it's downhill since since they've started, but I like where Qdoba is now in our town is every Chipotle experience I've Ugh. had. <laughs> so Yikes. um yeah, I I think like Wendy's is the right answer, but I do want to throw a shout out to Popeyes, which we already brought up at the beginning. Also, we don't have all of the. We don't have like In and Out. We don't have. Yeah, um, In and Out is like, wildly overrated. Every, it anything is. that's just I in California. I 100% agree with agree Anything with that's that. just in California that Californians just fucking big up. Like Del Taco's <laughs> trash. What's In and Out's fine. I agree. What's yeah. the one we go to in Kansas? Uh, five Guys is so good. Don't you fucking dare. Oh, five Guys well, sucks. No, I was wondering what that count as fast food. Yes. No. No. It doesn't have a drive. Yeah, fast. it's not fast. But it's fast. It's like, just it's, like Qdoba. It's faster than Qdoba. No, it's the There's zero Qdoba. pre-made no, things. Zero. The, your yeah. fries aren't even made until you order them. Like you could sit. Like if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and order a burger, it comes out just as fast. <laughs> and, yeah. And you know what? In this town, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best hamburger. <laughs> it might There's be. No good it burgers in this town. Blue yeah, Moose doesn't have. I don't eat burgers. So. The best burgers come from my porch. Fuck you. Well, I don't go to your porch. You're very well, I don't like you. What the <laughs> hell? You're cordially invited to. You don't have to like me. I thought I thought we were doing like a burger off for your birthday, it was and your birthday to be came and birthday, went. But fucking busy. Quit Sunday. having kids. See, see you all Sunday. I know. Hey, should we do the rest of these tweets? Oh, <laughs> yeah, like well, at least one yeah. more. Oh, Twenty yeah. minutes later, they talk more about fast food. Yeah, so what you need to do, Jake, when you're editing this is cut out the 15 minutes where we talked about food stuff and then zip it up and just send it directly <laughs> to him as a reply. No, no, no. <laughs> this is going to be a shit show podcast. Like, I'm keeping everything. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is our brand. My favorite. Is the, the stuff that isn't talking about Doctor Who, that's our charm. It's 90% of the podcast. For the three and a half people that listen to this bullshit. Yes. Hell yeah. Um, James at Jameswood95 <laughs> says, it's quite boring. I remember when I saw the title, I was quite excited. Two quites and one thing. Come on, James. Uh, <laughs> to see their introduction, but I got five minutes in and thought, nah, this is a bad one. <laughs> good, good sense of... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah. he knew. Gets it. Oh, blast from the past. Chris, this emo trash oh, says, wow. great first concept, but heavily improved during the third Doctor's tenure. Little Ooh. spoiler. Mm. They show up again during the third Doctor's tenure. Mm. Uh, we're going to further that spoiler here because BT Flippity Gigget at Your Cool 91 says... I always forget that these guys have a whole story before the excellent Curse of Peladon. Guess what, BT? They have a whole nother one, too. Oh, <laughs> um, yikes. They really are a very boilerplate, proud warrior guy species in this one. Though there are hints towards how interesting they'll be later. Ooh. Janelle Hobbs at J. Christine H. says, I like it well enough, but the writers didn't do a good job of holding the tension throughout. They introduced dire consequences at the beginning, but the ticking clock seems to come and go due to the shifting POV. They probably should have kept the Ice Warriors more mysterious. Otherwise, I think they could have added a bit more nuance to the Ice Warriors and maybe made them more of a reflection of the humans, where this is one Ice Warrior among them that is not as rigid as they are, with Penley bucking Clint's command. I don't think I mentioned it last week, but I love the Doctor's winter fur coat. We Yes, it's great. 
<laughs> As for Victoria, this is probably a serial that earns her the reputation of being scared and screaming all the time because she does plenty of it. However, she still yeah. gets plenty of brave moments in trying to escape. And I love the scene towards the end where she has to fake cry while the doctor is plotting with her. Hashtag should have been a two-parter. <laughs> Which is funny because it has the opposite meaning now as it did before. <laughs> that is it's true. not funny if you explain the joke, Sam. Uh, but it makes it better. <laughs> we do have one more two-parter. And it's in the, the fifth Doctor's era in the 80s. Oh, is there one-parters? <clears throat> no. <laughs> um, I keep thinking, though, like, we have the ability to, like, sit and watch it in one sitting or two sittings or whatever. Can you imagine, like, this is what you're doing week to week, six weeks This in a is row? what you look forward to, is the continuation of this garbage? <laughs> right. Well, some sometime in my life, I want to experience it that way. Like, watch one 25-minute episode a week and, like... <laughs> so, like, this podcast I listen to, Lazy Doctor Who, um, they're... They do, like... They, they both have a hundred other podcasts, so they, they just record whenever they can. When they're both in front of the TV, whenever they have time, and they'll do like one episode, and then do like a fourteen-minute podcast, and then like two weeks later, like, oh, we watched two episodes today, and I would like because that's how it was designed. So like, people watched twenty-five minutes, and then waited a whole week when like there's a lot of twenty-five minutes where nothing happens. Yeah. Um, so this is a real dumb question, but I'm asking it anyway. Are the six episodes recorded, like, all together? No. They're basically so they're a week recorded. per episode. So, I mean, they shoot them back to back to back, but they shoot episode one, and then they shoot the next week, right. episode two. And they treat it like okay. a different production, like if sets got to come down or go back up or, you know, stuff like that. But while we're on it, I do like to keep track of the ratings, see where we're at. We know during... The heyday, the kind of the eight million mark was like the the average, and stories are kind of go up and down depending on how popular they were. This one, episode one, six point seven million. So uh not a not a lot of love coming in for the usually the beginning is huge, so maybe that was like a holiday or something. 7.1 for episode two, 7.4 for episode three, 7.3 million for episode four, eight million for episode five, big jump. And then 7.5 for episode 6. So we're we're consistent, not a huge drop. Kind of just briefly touched that 8 million that we've been talking about as being the, you know, those are, those are the fans. Those are the people that watch Doctor Who. And anything more than that is kind of gravy. They're the ones that vote in this crazy... <laughs> the ones that are still alive. Incorrect. <laughs> I got a few fun facts here. Um, we haven't talked about it, but there's a bear in this story, and that was a real bear <gasps> that they rented. And they when that bear showed up, they bear? didn't realize they didn't realize it was going to be so small. It was a baby bear. It was a little cub. It was real cute. <laughs> anyway, going rate right for a bear in 1967 was 70 pounds a day. So they 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 paid 70 pounds to have that bear for one day of shooting. Why did they need? The bear, though, just for funsies. Like, they were like, you know what I want? A bear. For a sense of peril, Sam. Have someone <laughs> wear the doctor's jacket and walk around. 
Don't show their face. Rawr. <laughs> There's some uh, differing statements as to when the story takes place. Uh, the Radio Times, which is kind of like the TV guide of his time, when when the story was came out, said that it takes place in the year 3000. And then a whole bunch of books and stuff referred to this story as taking place in the year 3000. There's another book called The Making of Doctor. The Jonas Brothers have a song about about this episode. I'm sure that was a very funny statement you made (laughs) that none of us will get. (laughs) There's a book that came out called The Making of Doctor Who, written by two people who weren't uh, involved in the story at all. But (laughs) they said it takes place 3,000 years after the previous story, making it around the year 5,000. And then there's also a later story in the 80s called Talons of Wang Chiang that say it takes place, or that the Ice Age, the second Ice Age, takes place in the year 5000. So, it takes place in either the year 3000 or 5000. What we do know is that in future Ice Warrior stories, they will be in the past of this story, and no one has ever heard of an Ice Warrior before in this story. So it's kind of <laughs> weird. Uh, the director, Derek Martinus, said that this is his favorite story due to the exceptional cast. Uh, he has directed, or he did six total. This is the fifth one. He did Galaxy 4, Mission of the Unknown, Tenth Planet, Evil of the Daleks, this, and he will do the third Doctor's first story. They're all fucking bangers. Like, this guy crushes a big reason that everyone had such a good time on this, if you watched the making of documentary, and a reason that they, like, get some of the repeat cast from like evil the daleks and people just like working with this guy because he's dope oh my gosh the year 3000 was originally performed by a british pop rock band named busted it's not even by the jonas brothers (laughs) that's really funny (laughs) one last one pat you guys may have noticed that something that should happen in every story but only happens in this one is that uh the doctor just tells Victoria to go wait in the TARDIS while they wrap up the story. Because she was, Deborah Watling was not available for the last few days of filming that episode. Man, I tried to pay attention the first three episodes because I was like, someone's probably going to be missing in one of these and be on <laughs> vacation. And then I got bored of paying attention and I did not notice. I thought Jamie was on vacation. He was like knocked out half the time. That was just part of the story. Like he was still in that episode. He was just paralyzed. Uh, but yeah, uh, she just like had a thing, maybe like a funeral or something. <laughs> and they just, oh, hey, Victoria, go wait in the TARDIS. <laughs> She's like, got it. All right, Terry. What? It's it's your time. Oh. Say all the things you didn't get to say because you don't talk when you're supposed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> um, n- uh, hated Clint. That's a given. Um, but the costumes I thought were really great. I thought it was really ridiculous that they just had to put on a plastic jumpsuit in order to go out into the freezing cold. That was kind of funny. Um, but the designing, oh my gosh, that was great. And then just the styrofoam avalanche was fun to watch. Uh, and then the whole, uh, Victoria being able to just scream an avalanche to life. And kill whatever that name. What was that named one? I'm talking to myself now. But anyway, uh, it was fine. 
I thought it was good. You done? I left for a little while. I was like, I, I, everyone leaves. I think everyone left. While Terry <laughs> no one said a thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I legit oh, just no. had to pee, so I left. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> Let's talk about next time. Next ep- Next story. Six episodes. They all exist, and they're on BritBox. Nice. This is one of the two that were found and released during the 50th anniversary in 2013. It was like a huge deal. And, uh, you know, spoiler, it's a fucking banger. It is called Enemy of the World. Do-do-do-do. Anyone else got anything they want to bring up? Aaron's pretty tired. We're recording a little on a different day than normal and a little later than normal. And we're going longer than normal because we talked about bullshit for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) But that's our charm. If you can't see me, I'm doing the Italian hands. Ooh. Hey, Alex. Uh, Do the song. No MVP. Hey, Alex. that audio, Alex. Yeah. Who's your MVP? Uh. Hmm. He didn't know this question was. <laughs> I I actually didn't because I was all geared up to do the song. I mean, we didn't sprinkle. We barely talked about Peter Barkworth at all, who played Clint. He was great. Like as like, why are you saying? Is Clint? his name Jake? Is that his name? Clint. Yeah, it is. Wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't it Clint? Watch no, with it's subtitles. Yep, yep, we do. We're cheaters. <laughs> oh, you guys watch with subtitles on, don't you? <laughs> Fuck off. I'm just reading it <laughs> from a wiki. <laughs> but uh, oh, he he was great. The the actor about fifty percent of the time looks like he's about to burst into laughter, but uh, <laughs> you know he's. He was the commander yeah. guy, right? He's got a lot to do. Yeah. He's in a lot of this story. And uh, he's also, you know, doing some physical work. He's got his cane. He's got his limp. He wanted to do a stutter, and the director said no. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was just really into this. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards giving him my MVP, which I think I will, just because he was being a real Clint. <laughs> 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 but it was good. Gary. He did well. Terry, who is your MVP? Oh, uh, Deborah Watling. Weird. I don't know. I I felt like she was helping push the story forward, and for how terrible some of her stuff was doing, it still worked out great, and I appreciated it. I rely on you to be the costume slash set design person. I really oh, thought that's, that's where you were going. Pick me next. Jill, you go next. Um, I'm going to say costume design. I'm assuming that person would have designed the ice monster, right? Hard to say. Martin Bow. Plus the scientist costumes were great. That's the Jeremy Davies is the designer. Maybe it was a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Uh, Sam? Arden. George Waring. Waring. 
Um, I believe he shows up again. He has a very familiar face. Let me click on his name here. Oh, he's in Castro Valva, one of the like top five episodes ever. Caster of Alba, top five. Castra Valva. <laughs> it's not whatever you said. <laughs> it's in my notebook. I will get this one right. It's it's a long ways away. I think it's I the Fifth Doctor's last episode. I definitely won't remember. Cody. Patrick Troughton. Might be your fourth time in a row picking Patrick Troughton. Maybe if anybody else could fucking do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm picking Wendy Gifford, played Miss Garrett. We finally have a woman with speaking lines. We don't quite pass the Bechdel test because our two female characters don't talk to each other. Uh, But she was great. And I've got an autograph picture coming my way (laughs) in the post quite soon. In the post. Yeah, I watch a bunch of this shit. I, I listen to a podcast. No one says uh, that here. Uh, I immediately regretted it. I was hoping no one would point it out, but <laughs> thanks, Sam. <laughs> Alex, do something. This has been Married to Who, our episode on the Ice Warriors. Um, if you want to participate in our discussion, you can do so on Twitter at Married to Who Pod. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for Enemy of the World. Do 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 do